The Sports Pan lives here on ESPN-UP, online with our ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops with you Monday afternoon. Brand new friend of the show in studio with us. We have Alex Klein. She is from TV6, the NBC affiliate here in Marquette. Alex, glad that you're with us. I've never worked with you before. I don't know if you've ever been on the sports pen before, but it's great to have you. Well, thank you so much, Tanner. Um, yeah, I, I've actually been on once before. It was uh, when the Washington Capitals were making their Stanley Cup mm. run. I came in and we talked about that because I'm a huge Caps fan. So, uh, yeah, it's good to be back, and thanks again for having me. So are you from the D.C. area? I am, yes. I am. Uh, I lived in Silver Spring. Um, actually, my husband and my dog still live there. Um, they couldn't make the trip up to the UP with me, so mm. I've been here for a little over a year without them, but I lived in Maryland my whole life until a little over a year ago, so it's been a good experience, though. So are you a fan of all the D.C. teams, Redskins, Capitals, Wizards, Nationals? Yeah, so uh, I'm kind of weird because the Nats weren't, um, they weren't around when I was growing up, mm. so I've always been an Orioles fan, okay. but um, yeah, I grew up with the Caps. My parents actually worked at the arena that um, they played in. So, yeah, I've been a Caps-Wizards uh, fan for for a long, long time. And then, of course, the Redskins, um, instead of the Ravens, even though I'm an Orioles fan, I am a Redskins fan, and they had a horrible loss yesterday and just so many injuries. But, yes, I – HTTR. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a tough year, and I feel for you and the other Redskins fans with everything that's going on. I know that uh, it has to be disappointing with – the way things started to where they are now, but man, you feel for Alex Smith. What a uh, great guy. I mean, he's just a great guy and he's a great quarterback and everything he's dealing with right now. I know. I, I mean, I was reading some tweets and it's like, you know, it sucks what the Redskins are going through right now, but you have to feel for Alex Smith. I mean, the injury that he took, like it's, it's going to be hard for him to just walk again, let, mm -hmm. a, let alone play again. So, you know, football aside, just prayers for him and, and his healing. Well, besides the Redskins, I'm sorry about the Wizards and the Orioles. I know that's <laughs> that's tough right now, probably tough to talk about. But the Capitals, Stanley Cup champions this year, first time ever. Tell me what that was like. Take me inside the Klein household <laughs> when they won the Cup this summer. Oh my goodness, it was it was amazing. I actually um, I actually got to go back um, during that final series against the Knights, and I actually got to go to a game. No. So that was so amazing. I mean, the atmosphere was just electric, and I mean, growing up, the Caps sucked for a long time, and then they got Alex Ovechkin, and things started going the right way. They had the Young Guns, Backstrom, Mike Green, who's now here in Detroit, mm -hmm. and, you know, it was always, we were so close, but we could never get over that hump. And then, you know, we eventually did beat the Penguins and, um, you know, we, we made that run and it was just huge. I was actually, I had to come back to the UP on the day that the Caps were, when they won against the Golden Knights in Las Vegas. So I wasn't able to be there in D.C., when everyone was celebrating in the Capitol and everything. But, um, I mean, I was, I was at one of the local bars here, and I literally just broke down. I was crying. I mean, it was just such a moment. I was here with some of my TV6 colleagues, and 
they were so happy for me, but it's amazing. Well, you, you might not like me after I tell you, but I'm a Penguins fan. Oh, no. What but I love world? Alex Ovechkin, and I'm so happy for him that he was able to get a cup. All the best for him. I have nothing but respect for the guy, and he deserved it. But they have a great squad around him. They've got Holtby, who continues to be one of the best in the league. I really like a lot of the young guys that they've got coming up, like Devontae Smith-Pelly and the, and the guys that they supplement around him. I like Kuznetsov as a player. I don't necessarily care for his antics, but he's a great player, and I can't deny that. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little tiffed at him a couple of years ago. I was so high on him in fantasy. I drafted him like the second round thinking he was going to have a 90-point year, and he had 40-something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Kuznetsov, he's a great player. Um, yeah, we have we have a pretty good team this year. I mean, we've gone through some ups and downs a little bit, as, as you know, all teams do, but um, I think we're – we're on we're on a good we're on a good run. I think um hopefully we can get that whole back to back thing that mm-hmm. um they were talking about once they did win the cup. Um I know the Penguins did that, so uh and I can't say that I like Sidney Crosby, <laughs> unfortunately, or That's all right. I'm used to that. Or Malkin or anything. I mean, they're very, very good players, mm-hmm. but you know. I can't like them. <laughs> you went through the coaching change with Barry Trotz taking off for the Islanders. What was that like from a Capitals fan standpoint? I mean, it was, you know, Trotz is so good. Um, I mean, it was it was hard to see him go, but um, Todd Reardon, he was mm-hmm. the assistant coach, and he stepped in, and I think he's doing really well uh, with the Caps as their head coach. I don't think they've really skipped a beat. I think they're just continuing and and, you know, everybody's still playing outstanding. So I, you know, they just couldn't pay Trotz the money that he wanted. And so he went to the Islanders. And, you know, I, I wish him and, and them success. Of course, not against the Caps. But, um, yeah, no, I, Trotz, is, Trotz is a great coach. And uh, he deserved to get a cup. And, you know, now he's he's moved on. And he got his ring not that long ago when the Caps played against them and mm-hmm. he said he even said that you know I'm I'm pulling for you to you know win again so um of course not against the Islanders they have to get through them first but uh yes yeah well, I tell you what I was up in Duluth Minnesota this summer right before I came over here and that's about an hour maybe a little over an hour away from Virginia Minnesota which is the hometown of Matt Niskanen so this summer, when everyone had their day with the cup, Niski decided to bring it back to his hometown of Virginia, Minnesota. And I thought, well, shoot, I have an off day coming up. This is a little over an hour away. I told some of the other guys I was with over in Duluth, let's go up and see the cup. So we got our chance, go up and meet Matt Niskin. And here's my photo oh. of him for my Instagram. Oh, my god, Me and Niski. That was a lot of fun. Super nice guy, too. Oh, yeah. He's he's awesome. And he was with the Penguins. And, of he course, was. Your, uh, your caption, hey, Stanley, you look better with Crosby. <laughs> I can't say that I agree, but, um, no, that's so awesome. Love Niskanen. Um, yeah, that was, it was just amazing. I mean, and their celebrations and everything. I mean, you can't do keg stands anymore with the cup because of the caps. <laughs> They partied with it pretty well. Ovechkin is Russian for party. He had a lot of fun with it. (laughs) Definitely. Well, hey, I tell you what, a lot happened in football yesterday. Uh, Play to break. I don't think I've ever seen one day with more weird finishes in the the NFL than what we saw yesterday. It was ridiculous from what happened with the Steelers and Raiders to the Cowboys and Eagles, the Patriots and Dolphins. uh, Even the Chiefs and Ravens was pretty wild. I mean, did you have a favorite moment from yesterday? I don't know if I could pick one. 
No, I mean, it was just a bunch of crazy games. And, and just to get, you know, on the local side, I mean, the Lions and the Packers actually won they yesterday. Both won. They both won, and they just stay alive. They yeah. just stay alive a little bit. Not for the NFC North. <laughs> uh, the Bears and the Vikings are now the only teams that remain in contention for that. But somehow they're still alive for a wild card, and we can start local. How about Joe Philbin? He sets a statement. First 64 seconds of his interim coaching career, and he's out of challenges. I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it was it was funny. Uh, I mean, I'm just I'm just glad that they got back on on track, and that Philbin could get that first win, and hopefully they ride it out and they they end the season on a high note. I mean, they're not going to be a playoff team. I know they have a mathematical chance, but realistically, they're going to be playing for next year. Joe Philbin is coaching like a guy who knows that he has no chance of getting the permanent head coaching job, so he's going to see if he can resurrect his career and find a way to be enticing to somebody else before time runs out on the Packers gig and while he still has time with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm kind of excited to see what the last few weeks of the season have to uh, have to offer Green Bay. I'm kind of excited to see who they would potentially bring in. And I know there are names being tossed around. Lincoln Riley is a hot commodity right now. Uh, either or of the Harbaugh's I know have been considered. John DeFilippo from Minnesota was a name that's been tossed around. Josh McDaniel might be the most realistic name. Does any jump out at you as far as who the Packers could potentially bring in? Um, well, I know I was reading something yesterday, and Jim Harbaugh is – he he's saying that he is not leaving Michigan. No. I know. Despite all the rumors, he said, "No, I'm not leaving." So, I think we can throw him out. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I'm I don't know if any of them really stick out to me. Uh I'm but I'm I'm excited to see who they end up picking. I know that they're going to wait until, you know, after the season to make that decision, but hopefully Philbin can, you know, work well with these players and and get himself, you know, into into some sort of position where he can be hired somewhere else. Uh, and hopefully Rodgers can stay healthy because to me right now, he just still looks like something's bothering him. He'll never take himself out of a game, but he's always going to try and play through it and push himself a little more when maybe it's not necessary. I know while there's still a glimmer of hope that they could get into the postseason somehow, they'd have to run the table and get some help, that he's still going to stay on the field. But you know, I worry about him. I mean, he's a once-in-a-generation talent I'm worried about him with the the rate that he's going and how much he pushes himself. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, he's he always puts everything out on the line, and, and sometimes he doesn't have, you know, all the weapons or, you know, everything that he could use. So he tries to do a lot of things himself, and, you know, that's that's how he gets hurt. And But hopefully he can stay healthy and then regroup, and, you know, they go go on a run next year. We've got Alex Klein from TV6, the Marquette NBC affiliate in studio with us. Her first time on the Tanner Hoops version of the Sports Pen. we got to take a break before we do that. Congratulations to the Maryland men's soccer team. They win the national championship last night. They take down Akron. How much fun was that from a fan's perspective? Well, it was actually funny because I was putting together, um, you know, my show for last night and I... We couldn't get it on our TVs oh, no. uh, at at the station, so I was like frantically trying to think how can I watch this game. And so I figured it out that I could use my um, my streaming service from back home mm-hmm. so that I could stream ESPNU. And so I got to watch it while I was putting together my show. And I'm like freaking out in the newsroom, and my um, 
our weekend anchor, Julie Williams, she heard me scream and she's like, oh my gosh, what, like, what's wrong? Can I help you? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just watching a soccer game. Um, so it was huge win their first time since 2008. So it's been 10 years. Uh, I know they've knocked on the door quite a few times. Maryland's always very good at soccer. You could say that we are a soccer school or a lacrosse school, you know, um, some of the not as we're not a football school, obviously, but, um, yeah, no, it was just so exciting. And our fourth national title um, with men's soccer, so huge. And, I mean, they started out, they were 0-2-2 to start out the year. Mm -hmm. So people did not think that this would be the run that they made. But they got hot at the right time. And, you know, the defense was really good. They didn't give up a goal at all uh, in the tournament. So, I mean, they they did it. <sighs> Well, you said not a football school, maybe not right now, but they've got a new head coach this week, so a lot's been going on over there at Maryland. I mean, Mike Laxley comes in, top uh, assistant coach in the nation this year, comes over from Alabama where they have certainly a winning culture. Be a lot of fun to see Maryland be competitive in the Big Ten. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Maryland is very excited to have Mike Laxley back. I mean, he's from the DMV, so it was like a welcome home for him, and, you know, he can bring – He's hoping to keep those talents that are in the DMV at Maryland because a lot of them go away. Uh, a lot of them have gone on to Alabama. So he's hoping to, you know, recruit well and, and just do well for the program and get them back, you know, on the path towards success. Alex Klein, once again, our guest today in the Sports Pen. We'll take our first time out. More after this on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget that Big Skin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you, joined by TV6's own Alex Klein. If you watch Channel 6 up here in the UP, you know who she is. We are talking about football before the break, and we had plenty uh, to talk about based on what happened yesterday. Well, NFC East, I think the Cowboys locked it up yesterday. I mean, it's not mathematical yet. They can officially clinch it next week with a win. But what happened to Philadelphia from last year to this year? What happened to those guys? I know. It's, it's just crazy how they can go from being a Super Bowl team to – you know, not being all that great this mm -hmm. year. Um, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. But, yeah, the Cowboys, they're getting hot at the right time, and they seem to be kind of running away with the NFC East. Well, they're 5-1 and one since Amari Cooper, and they've won five in a row. I still don't know how much Amari Cooper has to do with that. I mean, he helps, no doubt. But they didn't beat the Saints because of him. They beat the Saints because they relied on Ezekiel Elliott to run the ball and strong defense. And I'm thankful for the last couple of weeks because it shows that defense can still win in the NFL, which, you know, offense is more exciting, sometimes becoming too much of an offensive game. I like having Chiefs and Rams games like we did a few weeks mm -hmm. ago. I like that once in a while, but I still like seeing the defensive element be a part of football. And the Cowboys prove that's alive and well. The Bears did so last mm -hmm. night. We used to think it was going to be the Saints and Rams on a collision course fight to go to the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. but the Cowboys just beat the Saints. And the Bears just beat the Rams. And who knows what could happen in the wild card. You've got those two teams playing tonight. The Vikings and Seahawks in the uh, two wild card spots right now. Playing on Monday Night Football. So right now the NFC is 
fairly wide yeah, open. Yeah, I was going to say it, it, it is wide open, so it'll be exciting just to see how the, the end of the season, you know, how who makes that run and, and who actually, you know, gets into the playoffs and, and who seals the deal. I mean, that that Rams-Bears game last night, I, I wasn't expecting. I mean, <clears throat> you know, the defense, you were talking about how defense is, is key and the Bears, they just shut down the Rams, they and did. that's not that's not something that I expected. I don't think a lot of people expected that. I mean, the Rams have had such a potent offense this entire season, and then the Bears hold them to six points. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, it, the Bears are showing that defense can still win you football games in the NFL. I don't know if anyone really had high expectations for the Bears this year. I sure didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd be fourth in their division, and They've got a really good offensive coach in Matt Nagy. He's so creative with everything he does, getting linemen involved, throwing mm-hmm. to linemen for touchdowns. And then defensively, you put Khalil Mack in there, and he re-energizes the defense. And the Bears look like they could be a legit team to win a playoff game or two. I don't know that I'm ready to make them a Super Bowl pick yet, but aren't a team you want to play if you get into the postseason? Oh, definitely not. I mean, yeah, you said Khalil Mack. I mean, them getting Khalil Mack was huge. Um huge for them. I mean, he really does re-energize the defense, and they've just been playing so well, and you said Matt Nagy. I mean, he's he's been a great coach so far. I mean, at the beginning of the season, when the Bears and the Packers played, I know a lot of people thought that the Packers were just going to dominate, and it would be an easy win, and then you see that, no, it, it, it wasn't. I mean, the Packers ended up coming back, but, you know, it was crazy just to see how how the season has progressed. It's so weird to think that this is where we are in the NFL right now, and who would have thought that? You look over in the AFC, and you know who would have thought the Steelers would be struggling as much as they have? They were out of the gate with the Le'Veon belting. They looked like they shook it off, and now they look like they're right back to falling apart again. I mean, yesterday they lose because Chris Boswell slips, and he's having about as terrible of a year as I've ever seen him have, and he's one of the more reliable kickers in the NFL. I mean, I just wouldn't have thought the NFL would have played out the way it is. I mean, it's week 14, and the Browns still have a chance to get into the playoffs. And who would have thought that? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just crazy how, how things are shaking out. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely – I mean, at the beginning of the season, the Browns, they, they had the – the thing going where like their first win they would open up this big chest of Bud Light I mean because they hadn't won a game I I mean and and now yeah they they could ultimately make the playoffs Mm -hmm. if they if they make a run I mean it's it's crazy to see how this season has really unfolded with the teams that you may have thought were going to make the playoffs and now they're not really even in contention and and those that you know you didn't think had a chance but they actually might make it so crazy season so far Well, the Ravens laid a foundation yesterday for how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. At least they looked like they did when they took them to overtime and lost by three. They ran the ball 13 more times than they passed the football. They dominated time possession. I mean, the best way to stop Patrick Mahomes is not give him the football. I mean, that guy's ridiculous with what he does this season. And the Ravens, you know, they're not the most talented team in football, but they're pretty good. And they're just not good enough to beat the Chiefs, I guess. But a team like that dominates the ground game, and they dominate time possession. They're going to have a real chance to beat a team like Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes and what he did yesterday, he's just ridiculous. I mean, he's got to be the MVP this year, do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, he he really is just – he's a crazy, crazy good player. I mean, but like you said, you – 
in order to win those games, you have to keep the ball out of the quarterback's hands. So I think the Ravens had a good game plan. They just couldn't get it done in the end. And I mean, their defense is pretty good and they were able to, you know, shut, shut them down a bit, but it just wasn't, they just came up just short. Chiefs are going to be missing a few wideouts. Tariq Hill's foot injury looks a lot worse than maybe it originally did. And Sammy Watkins is out to the playoffs. Nonetheless, they have clinched a playoff berth. And now it's about seeding. They've got a big one with the Chargers coming up this week. And why is nobody talking about the Chargers? They're only one game back of the Chiefs. I mean, this could be a team that with Phillip Rivers at quarterback, who knows how far they could go. Yeah, I mean, Phillip Rivers, he's he's a great quarterback. I mean, people people don't talk about him like they do some of the other quarterbacks. He's always kind of been under the radar. But, yeah, this season they've been doing so well. And, yeah, they're only a game back behind the Chiefs. So that that game could be could be huge. How about the Colts? I mean, they're right in the thick of things. They had a five-game winning streak. They looked awful last week against Jacksonville. Then they come back and look really good, snapping Houston's nine-game winning streak yesterday. I'm so happy for Andrew Luck. I like Andrew Luck a lot. I mean, the way that he went down a few years ago and just never seemed to get back up, and now he's going to win Comeback Player of the Year. He'll be an outside contender for MVP. I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for the Colts that they're starting to look like the way they did back when they were contending for the AFC Championship. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely nice to see Andrew Luck performing. And I I think it's it's kind of like, a week-to-week thing with them though like like you were saying I mean sometimes they're like really on and then other games they just don't come out and show up and it's just it's interesting which Colts team you actually see from week to week but hopefully they pull it all together and and they they get it done and and make make a run Let's circle back to Baltimore because right now they're finding success with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I like him a lot. I did when he was in Louisville, and I'm glad to see that he's starting to pan out in the NFL. It makes you wonder what the future holds for a guy like Joe Flacco. You know, the whole question for a long time would be, is he a lead or not? And, I mean, he's won a Super Bowl and everything. He just hasn't done a whole lot since then. I wonder where would be a good fit for a guy like Joe Flacco next year if the Ravens decide to go the Lamar Jackson route and make him the franchise quarterback. Because right now it looks like Blake Bortles isn't going to come back to Jacksonville. I almost wonder if that could be a fit for him. Or what about this? If Alex Smith's injury is really as bad as they're fearing it might be, could Joe Flacco find his way to Washington? Well, I mean, (laughs) Washington definitely needs a quarterback. But, uh, and I mean, you know, Joe Flacco, yeah, the elite question that has been, (laughs) you know, (laughs) <laughs> that has been circling the sports world for years and years ever since his his Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, getting another veteran quarterback for the Redskins might might help them. I mean, you also said Jacksonville. So, I mean, it's it's just interesting that the Ravens are going away from Joe Flacco since they've had him for so long and they did win a Super Bowl with him. So, I guess, I guess we'll have to see. But it is, it is interesting that they have – shied away from him and and gone to the younger quarterback that you know they they may make as their franchise QB. Well it looks like they're going to shy away from Flacco and John Harbaugh too. Two guys who brought him a Super Bowl back in 2012. What about teams like San Francisco where they've got three guys who could be a starting quarterback. I mean Garoppolo looked to be their franchise quarterback. CJ Beathard performed well when he was there and right now Nick Mullins is winning ball games. They won yesterday against Denver. I don't see Case Keenum as being the long-term solution in Denver. 
And Eli Manning looks like he's going to be sticking around for another year in New York. I don't think right now they're in draft position to be high enough to get anybody as a quarterback who would be worth drafting. I must wonder if a few of those guys, maybe one or two of those San Fran quarterbacks, could find their way uh, maybe to the East Coast and play for Baltimore, Washington. And we still don't know what's going on with Derek Carr next year. I, mm-hmm. I like Derek Carr. I think he can win a team some ball games if he's in the right system. I just don't know how much longer he has in Oakland. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's unfortunate to see Oakland do so poorly this year. I I thought that they, they might do, you know, better than they did. I mean, yeah, Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback, and, you know, they had some weapons some weapons they got rid of Amari Cooper but you know they I think they could have made something but yeah things just aren't aren't working over there for whatever reason we've got Alex Klein from TV6 the NBC Marquette affiliate and studio with us we're halfway home on this episode of the sports pen more after this on ESPN UP Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibway Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Here is your Sports Center update. The AL Central has gotten a little bit faster as the Royals are bringing in outfielder Billy Hamilton from Cincinnati. The Dallas Cowboys deny reports that they asked Jason Witten to come out of retirement, and Kemba Walker states he has no interest in going to the New York Knicks at this time. How about yesterday's finish with uh, New England and Miami? That was probably the greatest finish maybe of this season. You had the Minneapolis Miracle last year. I was at that game, by the way. And you had the Miami Miracle this year was not at that game. But what a fun one to see. I mean... How many times do you try that hook and ladder play? I mean, teams, I'm sure, do it maybe Mm -hmm. once a week. They do it laughing, not really taking it seriously, just a fun way to end practice. How many times do you actually see that work goes for 70 yards and beats the greatest dynasty in all of sports? Yeah, very, very rarely does that actually work. But, yeah, the Dolphins somehow pulled it off. And, you know, it's... Miami, they started out really well this Mm -hmm. season. And then, you know, they kind of got brought back to earth against the Patriots earlier this season, and then they come back and now they beat them. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy where the Dolphins are this season and, and what they've been able to do. Um, and, I mean, against, you know, one of the greatest, Tom Brady – I mean, you can't you can't deny that. (laughs) Well, I mean, everything that's happened with New England, all their success over the past decade and a half, as long as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have teamed up yesterday was maybe the most poorly managed game out of those two. And I mean, it's there's not been many of those, if any, in the in the past. But you think about the clock management, everyone's going to remember the play that ended the game. But what about the last play before the first half ended when Brady took a sack with no timeouts left and they cost themselves an opportunity to get some points? I mean, every point would have mattered in a game like that. And then, I mean, Gronkowski is playing center field. He's the deep man on the home run play for the last uh, last Hail Mary shot. I didn't like that, to be honest with you, from Belichick. I mean, Tannehill's not going to throw it 70 yards. There's no Mm -hmm. reason to stand at the goal line and hope to knock it down. And then Gronkowski, I mean, he's a big guy. He runs well for his size, but he's not fast. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. not going to catch a guy like Kenyon Drake. And then Drake gets the corner on him, beats him to the end zone. Gronk is your last man. I mean, you're in trouble. I just didn't like that out of Belichick. And it's not often... You get a call, uh, Belichick out. You get a call, Tom Brady or Gronkowski out. 
but I'm sure that's what's going on in Boston radio stations today, as people haven't been able to do that for a long time, and from what I'm hearing is those radio stations' phones are going off the hook. Oh, I'm sure people are very upset with, you know, the way that things went down yesterday. Um, it's, yeah, it, it is crazy to that they would have that kind of mental lapse um, in a game because you really don't see that from the New England Patriots. I mean, you think of them as, as a powerhouse with Belichick and Tom Brady and, and all their weapons, and you just don't see them doing that And against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, we, the Miami Dolphins haven't been relevant for no. a long time. So to see them do that against them, it was – it's, it's unfortunate, and I'm sure those Patriot fans are, are very unhappy. Because mm-hmm. right now they're playing for home field advantage. I mean, that's going to be their big ticket. And it's weird to think about the teams that have beat the Patriots this season, isn't it? Like the Jaguars, who have just been terrible in the last, outside the first three weeks of the season, they've been terrible. The Titans beat the Patriots, and now the Dolphins have beat the Patriots. I mean, their losses are few and far between, but the teams that have beat them, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just like, you know, they kind of look past these teams. Like, Mm -hmm. they think, oh, you know, this will be an easy win. But they're professionals. You can't look past any team. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an... They're professionals for a reason. You can't take anyone lightly in the NFL and in any league, really, because, you know, on any given day, anyone can beat anyone when you're a professional team. It, It doesn't really... It doesn't matter, you know, what what day it is like anybody can beat anybody mm-hmm. you know if if they bring their game or if someone does have these mental lapses or you know whatever you want to call it they if if somebody doesn't show up the other team is going to take advantage well the Patriots should know that better than anybody they had their chance for a 19-0 and season a Super Bowl spoiled by the Giants who were an okay team that season but they probably wouldn't beat that Patriots team nine times out of ten right you gotta bring it yeah, you you always have to bring it. And I mean, yeah, that game yesterday, that that shows that. We've got Alex Klein from NBC's affiliate Marquette TV6 in studio with us. Rob Gronkowski, he has struggled a little bit this season. I know he's not totally healthy. He's coming off all these surgeries. Yesterday might have been the best game of his season. You know, it was his first time going over 100 yards receiving since the first week. And people are only going to remember him for the missed tackle that cost his team, you know, cost his team the game. And it makes the retirement talk seem all that more realistic for Gronkowski. I like Gronk. Mm -hmm. I love his commercials. (laughs) But, man, I mean, he's even someone as athletically gifted, as monstrous as he is. I mean, they're human. It's just weird to think of the NFL without Gronk. But now it's starting to become more of a possibility. Yeah, and I I know for people who, you know, when when you go and do your, your fantasy drafts and everything, Gronk is like a staple. You're like, okay, if mm-hmm. I can get Gronk, I have to get Gronk. But, you know, I'm sure, you know, fantasy players are probably pretty upset with his performances this season because he's not putting up the numbers that he's been known to put up. And, I mean, yesterday, yes, he did get over, you know, 100 yards and everything, but that's that's only one week and mm-hmm. we haven't been able to rely on him to you know get those touchdowns and and perform like he has in the past so yeah it it might be you know towards the road of retirement for him unfortunately 
Last year, I drafted my fantasy team around Gronk. I took him in the first round because it coincided with my name. My team name was Make America Gronk Again. So I had to get Gronkowski and then draft around him. Of course. Would have been really bad if I would have done that this year. Yeah. <laughs> you play fantasy, Alex? I do. Um, yeah, I... Uh, well, I had... I have a... I'm in two leagues, mm-hmm. and uh, I... I actually haven't even looked at what I was, how I'm doing this week, but I I don't think I'm I'm doing very well. I know in one league I'm a I'm about 500, and then the other league mm-hmm. I I am not doing well. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's fun. It was actually my first season doing it. I've I've always kind of been against fantasy because I don't like you cheering for individual people, especially like if they're playing your team and you're like, oh, I want this person to score, but like. If you're a fan of one team and then you have somebody that's on the opposing mm-hmm. team, it's like, how can you want to root against your own team? So I was always kind of against that. But, you know, a couple couple of my friends were like, come on, like, just do it. And, I mean, it's been fun. It's it's nice to, you know, follow the different teams and the different players. But, you know, frantically checking your fantasy team is like a little – it's a little obnoxious for me, so I haven't even I haven't even looked at this week. <laughs> I wish I was like that. I wish I had that kind of restraint about you. I'm in the playoffs right now in all three of my leagues, and right now I'm checking it about every five minutes, trying to see how I'm doing or where I'm stacking up. Pretty good, by the way, with uh, with us going into Monday Night Football tonight. I'm happy with that. Adam Thielen is on one of my opponent's teams, and so is the Seattle defense and special teams. So. Maybe those two can knock each other out. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Gronk, though, uh, maybe the most explosive, maybe most surprising tight end in the game this year has been George Kittle from San Francisco, an Iowa Hawkeye, by the way. Uh, George Kittle has looked really good this season, and I'm very thankful that he's on my fantasy team, that I was able to get him late in the, later in the rounds. Yeah, he's actually on both of my fantasy teams as well. <laughs> and, yes, I have I have been lucky to have him. But, yeah, no, it's it's nice to see him producing and especially being, um, you know, a Hawkeye and mm-hmm. you're from Iowa. Um, I bet that it, that's exciting for you. But, yeah, it's, it's weird uh, to see him, I guess – you know, kind of show up this season and and get the production that he's been that he's been getting on on a 49ers team that you know hasn't been you know all that great. <laughs> Panthers have lost five in a row, and they still have a chance of getting into the playoffs somehow, some way. I just I can't imagine in the last decade or in this generation of football as any quarterback had to bail out his team more times than Cam Newton and still not get rewarded. I know. I mean. It's yeah, it is it's crazy how the Panthers season has gone because I think earlier on they were they were looking pretty good. Um and then yeah, but Cam Newton at quarterback, I don't know, he he does have to bail out his team like all the time and they do have, you know, a couple weapons, but he just doesn't have that elite team around him that can, you know, project them to the next level that they still could make a run in the playoffs so I guess we'll see how things shake out Cam Newton's in a situation kind of like Eli Manning was in the first weeks of the season where he doesn't have a whole heck of a lot around him Eli didn't have a whole heck of a lot protecting him he had all kinds of weapons he just had no time Mm -hmm. to throw it that he's forced to be perfect basically on every single play I know he's a great runner we all know that as a passer sometimes he can be suspect I kept thinking over the weekend, how many teams could Cam Newton start at running back for in the NFL right now? I mean, it, he is, yeah, it's it's crazy what he can do with his feet. I mean, you know, there are there are teams that, that need 
running back, so I think that he honestly could probably start on some teams as a running back because he he can do things with his feet that, you know, maybe he might not be able to make that throw with his arm, but then somehow he scrambles and he, you know, gets a first down. So it's it's kind of crazy how, you know, he he has made himself into, you know, a, a dual threat quarterback. He has to bail his team out. He's not always perfect in doing so, and I know the heat's going to fall on him. Russell Wilson's kind of in the same boat over in Seattle. I mean, they're not very good, but they're still probably going to make the playoffs the way they're going right now, and a large part of that has to be because Russell Wilson is there to play Superman every week. Oh, yeah, he's he's always playing Superman, and, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy because, like, they were they were so good a few years ago when um, when they had that amazing defense, and, and now you, you see the Seahawks and you're like, oh, I mean, they're okay, but they're not that, like, Super Bowl-caliber team like they were, you know, back then. And, mm-hmm. and, yes, Russell Wilson, he does have to bail out his team all the time, and he is that Superman kind of guy, and you just – you wonder if if he's going to get back to those winning ways and if he can, you know, get that strong defense back again that they had, you know, a few years ago and and that got them that run and um it's just you just wonder if if they'll ever get back to that again. Almost kind of what is uh it's similar to what's going on in Atlanta right now. Obviously, they fell a lot faster mm-hmm. and they fell a lot harder than Seattle has. But I can't believe this was a team that should have won a Super Bowl two years ago. I, I just can't believe this is the same team that played the Packers yesterday. Yeah, it's it is it is crazy because you you think of Matt Ryan as you know a a quarterback that can you know he can just he's like a a, a shooter he just mm-hmm. like can throw the ball and he he can do a lot and and he has this team and somehow they just aren't good this year and you wonder. Why, like how this could happen to a team that that was so good and that did you know go after a super bowl and and now now they're like not relevant he's got weapons too mm-hmm. i mean austin is a great tight end sanu can perform well he can even throw the ball if he needs to and then julio jones the ageless wonder yeah no i it's it's just weird that they that they can't get it done i i i don't really understand what's going on over there and if they need to make a change or, or what's what's going on. We've got Alex Klein from TV6, the NBC Marquette affiliate and studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and we'll talk about the Heisman Trophy. We'll break down what happened on Saturday night. That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibway Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you. We're joined by Alex Klein. She is from TV6, the NBC Marquette affiliate. Well, glad that you're with us here on this Monday afternoon. Starting to wind down. Weekend is over. And now we are getting back into the work week, into the stretch, and Working for another weekend. Uh, you'll be busy tonight. A lot of high school basketball this evening. I'm making the trip up to Hancock. Westwood boys basketball can be heard later this evening. Uh, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.15 tip. I mean, they keep you busy this time of the year. I mean, no doubt. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, we have basketball. I mean, football just wrapped up. We have hockey going on. I mean, it's it's an exciting time for sports. Were you at the Northern Michigan game on Friday to see Ate Tolvanen score his goal? Unfortunately, I was not. I was actually up in the Copper Country doing basketball uh, up there. Uh, I had to shoot that. But I, I've seen the video. I've seen, I mean, just the NMU and Michigan Tech rivalry, it's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, NMU was able to beat Michigan Tech. Michigan Tech has been very, very good this year. Uh, they were unbeaten in the WCHA going into that game. And then NMU... They hadn't been all that great this year. I mean, they they couldn't really score, and then they ended up putting five on the Huskies and Ate Tolvanen with the empty netter. I mean, that was just crazy uh, to see that a historic moment for that for that program. And you know, I think I think that game might have gotten them back on track and probably gave them some confidence. You know, going into the rest of the season, I know that. I mean, the Huskies, they ended up beating NMU on Saturday, so they split the series, but I think that was a good weekend for NMU. Absolutely. I mean, it's been a tough start to the year. I know that they face plenty of top 20 competition, and mm-hmm. that maybe has, well, largely will factor into their record, but Grandpa Tony would be the first to tell you that to beat teams like that, I mean, to be one of them, you have to beat them. And, I mean, they're not going to make excuses for themselves. They're battle-tested. I'm excited to see what they can do here in WCHA play. They've got Ferris State coming this weekend. Finals week is this week. They'll have that pressure off of them. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun to see this team down the stretch, especially after Christmas. That's when they really got hot last year. Yeah, no, it'll – I think they're just warming up, like you said. Um, I think, you know, getting that win on Friday is probably going to help them – as these weeks come up and they play Ferris State, and Ferris State is a very good team too, so that'll be an interesting test for them and just to show, just to see where they are in the season and, and what they need to do to, you know, keep the momentum going and, and to see if they can, you know, make a run and, and get into the playoffs, into even the, you know, the national tournament because, you know, they were snubbed last year, um, so... It'll be, I'm sure they they have that motivation that, you know, we don't want to do that again. We want to make it sure that we get in this time. Well, it was a great week for the Tolvanen family. I interviewed Ate a few weeks ago. I knew his brother back in Iowa when I was covering junior hockey in Sioux City. I covered Ale Tolvanen for two years. He got his first NHL goal a week ago on Saturday when Nashville was playing Chicago. And then less than a week later, his brother scores from the opposite net. So it had to be a great week for that family. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, getting your first goal, I I can't even really imagine what that feels like. I mean, it's it's got to be, you know, an amazing moment um, for, for them. And the fact that a goalie got an empty netter, I mean, you do not see that very often. I mean, it's it's like a one in thousand chance really it's 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 not not common so i mean that was that was awesome for them and it's crazy how how viral that that goal Mm -hmm. has gone too first time in northern michigan program history that a goalie has scored a goal while i was in iowa and covering junior hockey i spent three years in sioux city iowa with the musketeers matt jeruzic the starting goaltender for michigan tech Mm. was our goalie last year up there so I didn't know that we would be following each other up here to the UP. He was a great goalie, though, so I was glad to see things work out for him and make his way back up here. Expecting big things out of them. I think when it's all said and done, they're both going to contend for the WCHA and ultimately that automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. 
Yeah, just just like last year. Just like last year. I've got the funny feeling it's going to come down to those two. And, of course, you can never rule out teams like Minnesota State. Bowling Green started out really good, and now they're starting to level off. Lake State got into the top 25. Bemidji got up to the top 25 mm-hmm. this year, too. So WCHA is no joke. No, they are not. WCHA is a, is a very good conference, very good competition. So, you know, if, if you can do well in the WCHA, you have a good shot at, at making that, that national tournament. Well, hey, a couple records were set in the NFL yesterday. Tom Brady broke Peyton Manning's record for career touchdowns plus playoffs with his 582nd. And then Aaron Rodgers, he uh, sets the record for most pass attempts without an incompletion. Doing goat things. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you talk about the goat, you you have to talk about both of those players. I mean, that's crazy that Tom Brady, he could, you know, he's breaking Peyton Manning. He, he keeps breaking Peyton Manning's records. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, how about the Heisman Trophy, though, Saturday night? Kyler Murray, two-sport athlete, ends up getting it as he beats out Tua Tagovailoa and Dwayne Haskins. I was a little surprised, to be honest with it. I'm not saying it wasn't deserved by Kyler Murray. I just didn't think he was going to win it. I thought coming into the final week, the championship week, mm-hmm. that we had a pretty consensus favorite, that it was going to be Tua Tungavailoa. And he didn't even lose in one week. He lost the Heisman really in one half where he didn't play. And Jalen Hurts had to come in. I was really surprised by it because, you know, you want to take the whole body work into consideration. Tua, I didn't think, should have been penalized for playing half a game when he was Mm -hmm. hurt and about 10 percent of the vote had already been in before championship week and i would guess that he had probably about 9.9 percent of that vote Mm -hmm. i was just really surprised that kyler murray came away with it not saying it was undeserved i was just surprised it happened oh yeah i i think a lot of people were probably thinking the same thing that you were um you know the alabama quarterback i i mean it's alabama so you you know you think about you know, he's leading that team and they're such a powerhouse. And But then, yeah, Kyler Murray, he ends up winning the award. And like you said, I mean, you know, well-deserved, but it's just not who we thought was actually going to win it. And But Kyler, two-sport athlete, mm-hmm. he was drafted last year to the Oakland Athletics. Um, and he might not even actually go on to the NFL. So it's it's mm-hmm. just crazy that a Heisman winner might not – even actually play in the NFL. He's going to play professional baseball. I kind of want to see him do sport, or do two sports mm-hmm. and be the next Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders or someone like that in our generation. I would love to see it. I don't know that's going to happen, but certainly well-deserved for Kyler Murray with the numbers that he put up having to. Realistically, he bailed out a really bad Oklahoma defense this mm-hmm. season, and he got him to a 12-1 and record, beat everybody on their schedule. Oklahoma has now won back-to-back Heisman trophies with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and they now have won seven all-time. That ties them with Notre Dame and Ohio State for most by any collegiate school. And now they get a square off against each other. I should say mm-hmm. Kyler and Tua get to play each other in the Orange Bowl I can't wait for this college football playoff. And not just because Notre Dame's in it this year, but because these are going to be some really fun matchups. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely, I think they're going to be very high-scoring affairs. They're going to be shootouts. It's it's going to be it's going to be an exciting, exciting football playoff. Yeah, I think this Alabama-Oklahoma game could be one where defense is optional. You mm-hmm. know, Oklahoma's defense has struggled this year, and they haven't seen anything close to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray can put up points for the best of them. 
Alabama's defense has had their games where they've been suspect at times, like giving up 31 to Arkansas and things mm-hmm. like that. This will be the first time since the 2005 Orange Bowl where the top two Heisman voters are going to meet in their bowl game, and that's when USC and Matt Leinert faced Oklahoma and Adrian Peterson, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And then I'm not being a Notre Dame homer, but I think the Clemson-Notre Dame game in the Cotton Bowl will be a lot better than people are thinking. I still think Clemson will win. I think Clemson Mm -hmm. will probably win by a field goal. I think that's going to be a really good game, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame has been good. Clemson, they're another powerhouse. You know, the ACC, they produce produce some good football schools, um, you know, and the SEC, obviously. So I think... I think that'll be that'll be a, a good matchup also. You have any favorite for the national championship out of those four? Oh, um, I I think Al- I think Alabama is definitely going to do it. I mean, it's it's Alabama. I mm-hmm. mean, what what more do you really have to say? It's it's Alabama, and they've they've shown time and time again that you know they they're the top dog. I just can't see any way that they lose this year. I mean, no. you put them on paper. I don't see who's better than them. And if, I'm not saying they're going to win their last two games because anything can happen in football, but nobody's going to beat them. Alabama's going to have to beat themselves mm-hmm. if they're going to lose at any point this season. They're just too good. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think a team itself will actually beat them. Like you said, I, I think it'll be, you know, mental lapses or, you know, things of that nature that will – hurt Alabama and and cause them to lose if they would do that but I I don't think that's that's very um I I think that's pretty doubtful we've got Alex Klein from TV6 in studio with us as we're wrapping up this episode of the sports pen Alex before I let you go you're a Redskins fan who starts at quarterback this week Josh Johnson or Mark Sanchez uh, Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson is going to start. Yes. Uh, Mark Sanchez. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when when I saw that news that we had picked him up, I was like, all right, this guy, <laughs> all people can think about is the butt fumble. And I mean, people have, like, I've listened to their press conferences and stuff, and, and people still bring it up. They... Mm-hmm. They, you know, ask, how do you get past that? And, you know, Sanchez has been pretty light about it. He's like, you know, ha, 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 you know, it happened. And then he dishes something right back at the reporter. Um, but it, it's Mark Sanchez. And the, the Redskins aren't going to win with him. Uh, so I think Josh Johnson is, I think he's the guy that's going to have to do it for the rest of the season unless they decide that they're going to bring somebody else in. Nathan Peterman's available. your face just got bright red (laughs) uh no but josh johnson i loved it how you know he hasn't thrown a pass since 2011 he hasn't thrown an nfl pass since 2011 before yesterday i saw an article that he played madden he played madden 19 to learn his new teammates names i saw that that i know i saw that too i was like oh my gosh that is too funny but i mean you know with technology today and and how big video games are i Mm -hmm. mean you know, that's that's one way to do it. <laughs> Alex Klein from NBC Marquette TV6 in studio with us. Alex, thanks so much for being here. Had a lot of fun. Let's do this again sometime. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you having me on. So uh, thank you.
Well, it's Tanner Hoops signing off on the Sports Pen. Don't forget, tomorrow, join us for a very special episode as ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz from Spain and Fitz will be joining me just after 4 o'clock. That's tomorrow. Thanks again for tuning in here on ESPN-UP.